Father in heaven, we give you thanks, we give you praise, renew somebody's spirit today, restore somebody today, heal somebody today, deliver somebody today, let somebody be touched specially in your house. Let your word come forth to us, O oh God, with wisdom and understanding. Speak through me, Lord, Father, unto all of us. Touch everybody in this place. I pray that every heart will be receptive, every ear will be a listening ear. And I pray that every mind will be attentive to the word of God. Father, I pray let there be joy at the end of the service and at the end of the message. Bless us specially, O oh God, through the word we are about to hear. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit like never before rest upon the word. In Jesus' mighty name, I stop any work of the enemy, I bind any demon, I stop any activity of the wicked one that scatters the word of God and does not allow it to work the way it should. I stop the activity today and I declare, Lord, the word of the Lord will penetrate our hearts like a two-edged sword and work on us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray with thanksgiving. Everybody shout a big amen. Psalm 103 verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. So he says that the angels of God, they eat the word of God. Then apart from that, he says the angels of God, the word of God is their commandment. It's their main thing they do. And anytime they hear the word of God, they move. They follow the word of God to make sure that it delivers what it says it will do. So anytime we come to church and the word of God is coming, believe that angels are moving and they are working pushing the word of God, causing the word to assume a two-edged status in our hearts, penetrating our beings to the dividing asunder of the soul and of the spirit and descends the thoughts and the intents of our heart. So understand that the word of God has an army following it. And if you want this army to follow you, you must be a keen listener to the word of God. So this morning as the word of God comes, believe that the army of God is backing the word. There will be healing. There will be deliverance. Somebody will be empowered like never before in the name of Jesus. If you believe, shout a big amen. amen. Well, today I begin a new series. Now, Jesus said many things to us before he, he left the face of the earth. Either those things were true or they were lies. If they were not true, then it was a lie. But if, were, if they were true, then many of the things Jesus expects us to do, the church has not succeeded in doing even 10% of those things. John chapter 14 verse 12, let me start from there. John chapter 14 verse 12, Jesus speaking, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto my father so jesus says here that every good work he came to do upon the face of the earth he says anybody who believes in him can do the same and in fact the person can go beyond the works he did to do even greater now what jesus was saying to the disciples at this time he was saying to all of us he was saying to you and i in mark chapter 13 verse 37 mark 13 verse 37 he says for what i say unto one I say unto all. So what Jesus was saying to the disciples, he was saying to you and I, he had a picture of you and I in mind. 
So it was the disciples he was saying it to, but then he was saying it to you and to you and I as well. Now he says here that whatsoever work he did, he says we shall be able to do the same and even do greater because he's going to sit at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Jesus is not there praying for us to be delivered from our sins alone. He's not there praying that the world will be saved alone. He is there to make sure that the things he has told us to do and the things he wants to see us do, he is there to make sure that we are able to do them. Either this scripture is a lie or it is true. But if it is true, then it means that we have done very little. We have left the great works that Jesus did for the pastors to do, for the elders to do, for deacons to do, for shepherds to do, for deaconesses to do. We have left the big things and we have said that these ones, they belong to some people. As for us, we are not a part of it. But what Jesus was saying to the disciples, he was saying to all of us. In Mark chapter 16, let's, look, let's read again. Mark chapter 16, reading from the verse number 17. It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. He said, in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. He says, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So Jesus here is saying and speaking about anybody who becomes born again, even right from day one. He says, right from the one, once you become born again, he says, these are the signs that will follow you. He says, in the name of Jesus, you shall cast out devils. You shall speak with new tongues. You shall take up serpents. Serpents there is talking about the work of the devil. The works of the devil, his accusations, his criticisms, I mean, his gossips, his undermining, his slander. He says, you shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it says it shall not hurt them. It says you can drink poison, not intentionally. If they poison food for you to eat, it says you eat it and it shall not hurt you. Then it says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preach everywhere the lord working with them confirming the word with signs following so after jesus has said to them in my name you shall cast out devils you shall speak with new tongues you shall take up serpents if you drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt you you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover he went up to heaven but when he went up to heaven the disciples they went forth they preached everywhere and as they preached everywhere, the Bible says, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. So in this verse also, you see what Jesus is doing at the right hand of God. Now, when they say God or Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, everybody is thinking that God is like the Asantehene who is sitting down on a chair. Then there is a right, there is a chair sitting by his right hand and Jesus is sitting there. That's not what it means. What it means is that Jesus is the right-hand man of God. Now, when somebody is the right-hand man of another, what it means is that everything that the person knows and owns, the person who is at the right hand, who is the right-hand man, he is privy to it. So if the man has money hidden in a vault, the right-hand man knows about it. 
So when he says Jesus is seated on the right hand of God, he's not talking about position alone, but he's talking about the place of authority that Jesus is seated at. So as Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, alright, welding the authority that God had given to him as the son of God, what is he doing? He is there to enforce and to ensure that the very things he told us we will do, the very things he told us we will see, we'll be able to do them and we'll be able to see them. Now, what were the things he expected us to do? He said to them, he says, This sign shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. If they drink any poisonous drink or they eat any poisonous food, it says the food, it will not hurt them. Then he said, they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Then they went preaching in verse 20. And as they were preaching, the Bible says the Lord was working with them. Confirming the word with signs following. So whenever the disciples stood and they said, you demon come out. Jesus appeared on the scene and caused the demon to shiver in fear and run out of the bodies. Whenever they laid hands on the sick, Jesus appeared and commanded that sickness to leave. Anytime they used the name of Jesus, Jesus came down literally to take over the situation they found themselves in. So, understand this morning that when Jesus was living, he was not living, he didn't leave behind a weak and a beggarly church. A church that is so weak, full of poor people, full of sick people, full of people who are suffering, full of people who are strugglers and horseless. No, that was not what Jesus left behind. They said of the disciples and the apostles of the church that started in Jerusalem. He says, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. They were turning the world upside down. What they said man could not do, the disciples began to do them. Jesus did not leave behind a weak and a beggarly and a sickly church. That is how come James wrote in his epistle. Is any afflicted? In James 5.13, he said, is any afflicted? He says, let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Then he says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders. In other words, they were not expecting many sick people in the church. They expected the sick people to be outside the church. They were not expecting many afflicted people in the church, but they were expecting the afflicted to be outside the church. Howbeit, should anybody get sick? Should anybody be afflicted? Should anybody be oppressed of the devil? He has outlined the very things you are supposed to do to get out of that predicament. So the church Jesus left behind was not a weak, beggarly, poor, sickly church. The church he left behind was a church that was working in dominion, power, and authority. One day Peter and John, after they healed the man who was a cripple at the gate of the temple called Beautiful, when they heard Peter and John, when the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, they heard Peter and John speaking in Acts chapter 4 verse 13, it says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. 
So by all standards, you see that the church Jesus left behind was not a weak church. It was not a beggarly church. It was not a poor church. It was not an afflicted church. It was not a sickly church. It was a church that, was, that had the power of God domiciled within it. Is somebody here at all this morning? Uh, turn to your neighbor. Tell, tell your neighbor there is power of there is the power of God in the church. The person did here. Tell the person the power of God is in the house of God. So the church God left behind. And mind you, the church is not about the building; it's about the gathering of the people. So whenever the people gather together, whenever the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and co they saw them, they saw people who were carrying the power of God. I declare to somebody that we are entering into the days of power. We are entering into the days where we see the works of the Holy Ghost like never before again in our midst. If you believe, shout a bigger amen. So, let that one sink in that the church is not a weak church. The days where they used to say that as poor as a church rat, those days are over. Those days are over. Now the thing has turned around. They are rather saying that as rich as the church folks because the prosperity of God, the prosperity message of God is now penetrating the house of God. I pray that you'll be a sign and a wonder to your family. I pray that you'll be a sign and a wonder to your friends. I pray that you'll be a miracle to everybody around you. If you believe, shout a big amen. If you are clapping your hands, clap your hands together for the Lord. Now, so all these things that Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew 16, 17, that this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These were spiritual things. These are not physical things. It's not about going to the market to go and sell. No, these are spiritual things. The church Jesus left behind, he expected to be very spiritual. Casting out devils. Speaking with new tongues. Taking up serpents. Drinking deadly things, but it doesn't hurt them. They become a sign unto the world around them. Lay hands on the sick. And the sick are recovering from their sicknesses. So the church Jesus left behind was a very spiritual church. He was expecting the church to be effective spiritually. It's okay for us to sell. It's okay for us to work in an office. It's okay for us to go to school. It's okay for us to marry. It's okay to have to have the children. It's okay for us to do all the things we are doing. But listen, beyond all that, God expects us to be very spiritual. We must be spiritually effective. When he said that we are the salt of the earth, we are the light of the world, we are a city set on a hill, he's expecting a certain spiritual effect on the earth, on the world, in our houses where we come from, in the schools where we are, and in the places where we go. This is not about driving a big car to show off. It's not about living in a big house to show off. It's not about wearing a certain particular dress to show off. No, it's about being spiritually effective Touching people spiritually. And when they went forth, the Bible says they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. So Jesus himself, when he walked the earth, he was very spiritually effective. 
in Acts 10 38 it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all them that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him the days of power are here again people must see the power of God in your life People must see the power of God in your family. People must see the power of God in your marriage. People must see the power of God with your children. People must see the power of God with your husband. People must see the power of God with your wife. People must see the power of God in your company. People must see the power of God in your business. If you believe, shout a big amen. And when people begin to see the power of God, only one word can be used to describe us. We are becoming spiritually effective. So, I'm beginning a new series I have titled, How to be Spiritually Effective. How to be Spiritually Effective. How to be Spiritually Effective. But remember, let that one sink in. God or Jesus did not leave behind a weak and a beggarly church. He didn't leave behind a poor and a sickly church. He didn't leave behind an oppressed and a defeated church. He left behind a triumphant victory glorious church and he's seated at the right hand of God ensuring that all the things he told us they come to pass in our lives so the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 34 who is it that condemned why is it that condemns you and tells you that you are a sinner who is it that who is it that condemned he says it is Christ that died yay rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of god who also maketh intercession for us jesus is praying that you succeed jesus is praying that you'll be spiritually effective and socially be in our in, your, in our lives in jesus mighty name i see us becoming very effective spiritually everywhere we go the days are coming when ashes will lay hands on people who are entering the chapel they will lay hands on them and the sicknesses will depart from them ashes will meet somebody at the gate they ask the person why have you come they said demons are worrying us ashes will lay hands on them and the demons will walk out of them because when those things begin to happen the church has begun to become spiritually effective people it's good for hands to be laid on us but the greater dimension is for us to get to the place where we are also laying hands on people and being a blessing to people everywhere we go so today i introduce the topic and then i'm going to be giving us keys that can help us to be spiritually effective you are more powerful than you think you are stronger than you think mentally you are stronger emotionally you are stronger physically you are stronger potentially you carry so much on the inside that you can even imagine but the way we have done church in the past has made us think that we are a weak beggarly people the fact that we should be humble one towards another doesn't mean that we should suffer from inferiority complex the fact that we should humble ourselves one toward another doesn't mean that we should walk around in fear it doesn't mean that we should walk around being beggars and being sickly and oppressed and afflicted by any wind of doctrine that walks around no jesus left behind a very triumphant church victorious church and i see you living that victorious life i see you living that triumphant life in the mighty name of jesus the days of living a defeated life are over 
the days of living a defeated life where we feel that all the bad things must come to us because we believe that many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivered him out of them all listen those days are over I see somebody who is going to be very triumphant somebody who is going to live a victorious life somebody who is going to be spiritually effective everywhere she goes if you believe shout a bigger amen you are supposed to be casting out devils you are supposed to be speaking with new tongues you are supposed to be taking up serpents you are supposed to be drinking deadly things which should not hurt you and you are supposed also to be laying hands on the sick and the sick should recover I pray that very soon mothers will be laying hands on their babies and their babies will get healed immediately. Instant the children will get their healing in the mighty name of Jesus. Husbands will be laying hands on their wives. Wives will be laying hands on their husbands because the power of God will be working through us. I pray that we will become very spiritually effective. So we see that Jesus himself was very effective. So God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power going about everywhere healing all them that were oppressed of the devil because god was with him then the disciples also when they went out god was with them confirming the word they were speaking so i want to use one story again i like to preach with stories i want to use one story again we'll read it over and over again all right i want to use one story again that can help us to understand how we can be spiritually effective in this wicked world in which we live the world is wicked if you don't know the world is a wicked place in this wicked world in which we live how can we be spiritually effective what are some of the keys that can help us let's go to john chapter 11 everybody open your bible now let's read a few verses John chapter 11, reading from the verse number 1. John chapter 11, reading from the verse um, number 1. Say amen. John chapter 11, reading from the verse number 1. We believe in the word of God in this church. We believe in reading the word of God, in reading the Bible. John 11, reading from the verse number 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister, Martha. So the Bible says that a certain man was sick. Oh, let, let, let's read a few verses, then maybe I, I, I explain. So it says, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus, all right, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he therefore had heard that he, Lazarus was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, he said unto his disciples, Let us go into Judea, again his disciples say unto him master the jews of less sought to stone thee and goest thou thither again jesus answered are there not 12 hours in the day if any man walk in the day he stumbleth not why because he seeth the light of the world but if a man walk in the night he stumbleth why because there is no light in him so here we see jesus at a place and then they came to tell him that your friend Lazarus, whom you love, Lazarus is sick. 
Jesus did not move. He didn't budge. He didn't get up. He was not agitated. You know, Christians are, are we, we, you know, we, we live in a world where when you react, everybody says that you are very fast. But when you take your time to respond to things, people say you are very slow. And sometimes people in their reactions, they make mistakes. It is important that we learn to respond to situations and not to react. So when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he didn't get up. He didn't run. He didn't start doing anything. He just sat where he was. All he said was that this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. That the Son of God might be glorified thereby. There are things sometimes we suffer, it is because God is looking for some glory. There are things that sometimes people go through, they go through it so that when they come out of it, everybody can see that this one, it is not a man that did it, but it was the glory of God. It was the hand of God that engineered the deliverance, that engineered the miracle. And the fact that God loves you does not mean that he will not allow challenges to come and test your faith. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet Jesus was there when the sickness came. Jesus was still there when the sickness actually became death. So the fact that God loves you doesn't mean that the trials of life, the crisis of life, the winds of life may not blow against you. And the fact that the winds of life are blowing against you does not negate the love of God that he has for you. It doesn't change the love that God has for you. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, shall nakedness, shall peril, or sorrow. So, he says, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what you may be going through. It doesn't mean that God does not love you. God doesn't, God, God doesn't like you or God hates you. I want you to understand that sometimes, the more your challenges, the more your trials, the more God actually loves you and trusts you and know that you can survive it together with him, working together. You are clapping, clap well. Now, now as a pastor, it's not everybody who when I'm preaching I will use as an example because there are some people who use them as an example for the next one month their minds will trouble them their minds will worry them they'll wonder why they were used for an example in the house of God during the preaching so if I'm going to choose somebody I will choose somebody who I know will never have a problem with the example I'm going to make even so the same way when God is dealing with us he deals with us based on how deep his love for us is and how he understands our heart so the fact that God loves you doesn't mean that you'll be far away from the trials the things that come to test your faith other than that your faith can never grow your faith can never rise you cannot even grow in wisdom so the fact that God loves you doesn't mean that challenges will not come your way sicknesses can come knocking on the door but the same God who allowed the sickness will come to come will give you the grace to be able to escape out of that sickness so the problems of life should not make you doubt God should not make you doubt the love of God and doubt the care of God and doubt whether God is truly interested in your case or not I'm preaching like this so I'm just reading scriptures and interpreting it so far so don't let the problems of life discourage you. Don't let any challenge you see discourage you. Don't let any crisis that comes your way discourage you. Rather, 
the stronger the crisis the stronger the problem the greater the glory that will come to god when you come out of that situation i see somebody coming out of a very big problem i see somebody coming out of a very deep pit i see somebody overcoming a giant mountain standing in front of you if you believe shout a big amen clap your hands together for jesus and i want you to also understand that as you walk around move around nobody can hurt you nobody can hurt you unless god allows them to hurt you the assignment of god over your life is bigger than what men can do unto you so jesus said let us go into judea again they said to him the jews sort of led to stone thee and goest thou thither again he said he that walketh in the light i don't know 12 hours in the day he that walketh in the light or in the day stumbleth not you will never fail you will never fall no human being can kill you no juju man can whisk you away no juju man can stab you in the mirror no info can happen to you the assignment that god has for your life is stronger than the weapons they will form and they will fashion against you so walk around freely nobody will rape you nobody will touch you because you are the apple of god's eye ain't nobody that does touch you god himself will fight the person on your behalf god himself will clear the person on your behalf if you believe shout a bigger amen if you are clapping clap well i appreciate god next verse where are we i think we are in verse 11 this thing said he and after that he said unto them he says lazarus our friend sleepeth but i go that i may awake him out of his sleep then the disciples said unto him lord if he sleep he shall do well if he is sleeping he shall do well Howbeit he spake of death but they thought that he had spoken to them of taking rest in sleep then jesus said unto them plainly lazarus is dead but i am glad for your sakes that i was not there to the intent that ye might believe nevertheless let us go unto him then thomas then said thomas also called didymus unto his fellow disciples he says let us also go with him that we may die with him look at thomas look at what he is saying let us also go with him that we may die with him then when jesus when he was calm he found that he had lain three four days already he had laid in the grave four days already where are we now is it verse 18 verse 18 the Bible says, now Bethany was nigh Jerusalem, 15 furlongs off, about 2.8 kilometers away from Jerusalem. And many of the Jews came unto Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, the Bible says she, she went and met him. But Mary abode or sat still in the house. Let me explain this once also. So over here then jesus says to them in plain language lazarus is now dead now be careful what you call your problems lazarus was dead but jesus did not say lazarus is dead he says lazarus sleepeth but i go that i may awake him be careful what you call your problems be careful what you call the problems in your marriage be careful what you call your life be careful what you how you describe your children because they are going through a particular challenge jesus could have said lazarus is dead oh but he didn't say that he said lazarus sleepeth our friend lazarus sleepeth but i go that i may awaken him out of his sleep be careful what to call the problems that come into your life 
Never call any disease your disease. You are not born with it. Don't say my waist pain has come again. Don't say my this one has come again. Don't say my rheumatism has come again. Don't say my epilepsy has come again. You are not born with any disease. Be careful what to call the problems that come into your life. Don't look at your marriage and say, what a useless marriage. What you are calling a useless marriage. God is calling a marriage that is full of his glory and full of his power. Be careful what you call the problems that come into your life. Be careful how you describe yourself. Never call yourself a sickler. When the doctor tells you you are a sickler, tell the person, I am not a sickler. I may be carrying a certain genotype, but I am not a sickler. It doesn't make me a sickler. Because when they put that title on you, what title they put on you is what begins to dominate your life. Don't look at yourself and say, I am poor and wretched. No. You are not poor. You are not wretched. You are loaded. Only that it has not manifested for you to see it. You are very loaded, full of potential, full of the grace of God. Only that it has not yet appeared. So don't look at yourself and say, I am a poor man. You are not poor. Wave your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am not poor at all. Don't let anybody look at you and put an evil label upon you. Reject the label of the enemy. Don't look at your children and look at one of them and say, look at his head, block-headed boy. No! No! Life starts for everybody at different levels. Some start very poorly, but their end is glorious. Some start very well, but their end, you don't even know what it is that they are doing with their lives. And sometimes the slow starters, they rather become glorious people in the end. So don't look at that boy because he's carrying the class and say he's a blockheaded child, he's a stupid son, he's a stubborn child. He took the head of his grandfather who farmed in the village. No. Be careful what you call the problems that come into your life and be careful the things you call yourself. So Jesus did not say, Lazarus is dead. He says, Lazarus sleeping, but I go. He said, I'm even going to do something about it. But listen to what Thomas, Thomas said. Thomas said, let us go that we may die with him. How can you go and die with him? You can be following somebody and yet never believe in the person. You can be in the house of God and yet never believe that things will get better. So Thomas was with Jesus, but he did not believe the very word Jesus had just spoken that. He was going to raise up Lazarus from sleep. Believe that all things will work together for your good. Believe that a good day is coming for your business. Believe that a good day is coming for your life. Believe that a good day is coming for your marriage. Believe that a good day is coming for your husband. Believe that a good day is coming for your body. The sicknesses you see today, believe that a day is going to come. You will never experience them any longer. Believe God. Wave somebody tell the my neighbor, believe God. If you are clapping, clap well and appreciate the Lord. And Martha, the sister of Lazarus, when she heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. Verse 21. Then Martha, the Bible says, said unto Jesus. Then Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou, shalt, thou will ask of God, he says, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, he says, that brother shall rise again. Listen, you are, you are rising again. That business that died will rise again. That thing that died will come back to life again. That good thing the enemy wanted to eliminate out of your life, it is coming back to life again. If you believe, shout a big amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus again and appreciate God. 
So Jesus said unto her, Thy brother will rise again. Martha said, I know that you will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus was not talking about the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live again. He says, Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And he asked Martha, Martha, believest thou this? Martha said, Yea, I believe that thou art the Christ. Listen to what, listen to the answer she is giving. Jesus asked her, Do you believe that the person who believes in me will never die? He says, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, which will come into the world. You can be walking with God and still not have faith in Him. People are dying who are pastors. People are dying who are pastors' wives. People are dying who are elders. People are dying who are deacons. People are dying who are deaconesses because we are with God, but we don't believe in the God we are serving. Jesus asked a specific question. She swerved the question and said, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who should come into the world. Are you in the church or you have gone home? When she has so said, she went away and she called um, her sister Mary, all right, secretly saying unto her, He says, The master is come. He says, Jesus is come and called for thee. Well, she was lying anyway. And as soon as Mary heard it, the Bible says, She arose quickly and came unto him. 30. Now Jesus was not yet come to town, but he was in the place where Martha had met him. Now, so with all this, you know, Martha runs to Jesus and says to Jesus, Jesus, I know that if you were to be here, you know, my brother would not have died. Jesus says to him, Jesus says to her, your brother will live again. But Martha said, if he's going to live again, maybe not now, but in the resurrection. There are things that God wants to do in your life this week, but you are thinking he's going to do it next year. I pray that this week, God will do a miracle in your life. I pray that this week, somebody will encounter the glory of God. I pray that this week, some money you are expecting, that money will come into your life. I pray that this week, a certain door you are expecting to open, may that door open unto you in the name of Jesus. Receive the goodness of God this week. Receive the glory of God this week. Let somebody sign a certain check for you. Let somebody sign a certain document for you. Whatever you have postponed and said, it will happen in five years time may you see a sign this week that the lord has begun for you if you believe shout i believe and clap your hands together for jesus <laughs> please be seated 31 then the jews the bible says then the jews that were with her in the house and comforted them and comforted her when they saw that mary rose hastily and went out they followed saying he says, maybe he's going, she's going to the graveside to weep. When somebody dies, be careful how people are crying. Sometimes, we, sometimes after they ask you are, going, you are going to cry, you don't even know why you are crying. Sometimes you are going to, people cry for different reasons at a funeral. May you have the right reason for crying at a funeral. Somebody shout a big amen. Sometimes we shouldn't cry, rather, our eyes should rather open to a reality. That, that there is something we could also be missing. That is why the Bible says that it is better to go into the house of mourning than the house of feasting. It says, for there, the living, they will lay it to heart. So in the death of everybody around us, no matter how close they are, is a message God is communicating to us. Where are we? 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and she saw him, she fell down at his feet and said unto him, 
He said, Jesus, he says, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. If you were to be here, my brother would not have died. Then when Jesus, Jesus therefore, when he saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit, and he was troubled, and said, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. 35, Jesus, he wept. He wept not because of the love alone that he had, but he wept because of the unbelief of Mary and Martha. Sometimes God weeps at our unbelief. Sometimes God weeps at the way we doubt him. I pray that somebody's faith level will rise in God. Your amen is okay. I pray that somebody's faith level will rise in God. I said, I pray that somebody's faith level will rise in God. I said, I pray that somebody's faith level will rise in God. Receive this grace from God in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe, shout a bigger amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus again. Then said the Jews, 36, then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. God loves you even more than you think. Even in death, he loves us still. In all things, he loves us. Where if somebody tell the person, the Lord loves you no matter what happens to you. They said, behold how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind would have caused that this man should not have died. They spoke right. Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, he came to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. He said unto them, take ye away the stone. Martha, the, 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 the sister of him, all right, the sister of him that was dead, she said unto Jesus, he said, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead four days. Forty, Jesus said unto her, he said, said that not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. If somebody will believe by the end of this year, somebody will see the glory of God. If somebody will believe by the end of this year, you will see the glory of God. You will move from that single room and go into a self-contained apartment. You will move from that self-contained apartment and own some estate in the name of Jesus. If you, you will believe, you will see the glory of God. If only you will believe, you will see the glory of God. I prophesy over somebody today, let the glory of God be seen in your marriage. Let the glory of God be seen in your family. Let the glory of God be seen in your life. Let the glory of God be seen in everything you do. Receive this grace from God today in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe, shout a bigger amen. Somebody is asking, why is he charged up like that? I'm charged up by the word I'm reading. I'm charged up by the word I'm reading. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people that stand by, I said it. I said it. That they might know that you have sent me. The Bible says, and when he had that said, he lifted up his voice and cried saying, Lazarus! forth then he that had been dead came forth bound hands and foot and about his eyes and the napkin lay around his neck i mean with his grave clothes he, he, he i mean he that was bound don't, 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 don't misunderstand it he he was bound with his hands and in his feet whatever is binding your legs whatever is binding your hands whatever binds you that your hand cannot work that your leg cannot work today i remove it in the mighty name of jesus i said today i take it off in the mighty name of jesus if you believe shout a bigger amen 
and he was wearing the grave, the grave clothes and the napkin was, was bound round about his eyes and Jesus said lose him and let him go I came to lose somebody that is in bondage today somebody they have kept at one place for a very long time I declare to you be loosed and go your way in the name of Jesus let your business be loosed let your marriage be loosed let your life be loosed your body is loose right now in the mighty name of Jesus anything that has kept you at one place that thing breaks off you now in the mighty name of Jesus receive the touch of God if you believe shout a bigger amen clap your hands together for Jesus wave somebody and tell the person my neighbor tell the person my neighbor I am not bound at all it's another good place to clap your hands together for Jesus then many of the Jews that came unto Mary the Bible says when they had seen the things which Jesus did believed when they saw the things which Jesus did they believed here ends the reading of the word of God. Now, I, I, I want you to shift your position now. Whilst we're reading, you were looking at it from the angle that maybe you are probably dead and God is coming to raise you from the dead. But you are not dead. You are alive. Nothing around you is dead. Sometimes the things that you think are dead, they are actually alive, but they have just become dormant. All you need to do is to stir them up and they can rise again. I want you to picture yourself rather in the place of Jesus. Don't picture yourself in the place of Lazarus. Picture yourself in the place of Jesus. That here you are, sitting at a place. Then somebody you love very dearly is sick. They come to tell you. And when they come to tell you, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Think about it. That you are so bold, so audacious, so tenacious, that nothing broke or breaks your spirit. And Jesus, he said to uh, 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 Martha, thy brother shall rise again. And when the brother rose again, what Jesus said actually came to pass. And whenever a man is able to do the very thing he said, we say that the man is effective. But in this case, in this case, we are not talking about physical effectiveness. We are talking about spiritual effectiveness. I pray that I'm preaching to a people in this church who will be so spiritually effective. When they tell you somebody is sick, you can go and lay hands on the person and command the sickness to go away from the person. I pray that we have to raise the dead if we have to raise the dead. If you believe, shout a bigger amen. Receive the power to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Receive the grace to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. As I receive the grace to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. If you believe, shout a bigger amen. Now, Jesus, turn to somebody, tell the person, see yourself as Jesus. Tell the person, see yourself in the shoes of Jesus Christ. Listen, by the end of these things I am teaching, I pray that somebody in your house, when they bring the sick, you will lay hands on them. The sickness will walk away from them. I pray that somebody, when they bring somebody from the village and they tell you that the demon is worrying the person, you will cast out the demon and the demon will walk out of the person. I pray that somebody under the sound of my voice here, when somebody comes from the village and tells you that there is a case of poverty in the family, you will tell the person, I am a living example that poverty has no power over anybody in the family. I pray for somebody in this place that 
that the next time sickness knocks on your door, you command that headache to go away. You command that sickness to leave your body. You command that stomach ache to go. You command that, that back ache to go away from you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that I am speaking to a people in New Life Pentecostal Church who are going to be standing, who are going to be like an army. God is going to use to bring healing to the sick and bring deliverance to the oppressed. If you believe, shout, I believe. Clap your hands together for Jesus. So, what was it that made Jesus so effective? This was the biggest miracle Jesus ever did when he walked the face of the earth. For somebody to die four days. Martha said, Lord, by this time, she stinketh. He stinketh. For he had been dead for days. What was it that gave Jesus the impetus to do such a mighty miracle? What was it that made him so spiritually effective? Today I start talking about the first key. I can't finish because my time is almost even up. I start talking about the first key. The very first key we need, listen, to be spiritually effective in this wicked world is boldness. Everybody say after me, boldness. Boldness. I pray that as you are listening to the sound of my voice today, the Holy Spirit will fill you that you'll be full of boldness. That you'll be bold in everything you do. There are too many fearful people in the house of God. Some fear cockroaches, some fear darkness, some fear the dead, some are afraid that they will see a ghost. Some are afraid that it will never be war with them. Some are afraid that this sickness that is upon them, it looks and it smells like cancer. Have you seen cancer before? Some are walking around afraid that maybe it may not go well with them. They are afraid that their marriage may not work. They are afraid that maybe their children will not rise. So much fear has gripped the people of God. And because of fear, people are not able to go where they need to go. They are not able to do the things they are supposed to do. They are not as effective as they should. But I pray for somebody today. By the time we finish talking about this, you'll be bold like a lion. I pray that you'll be bold like a lion. I said, I pray that you'll be bold like a lion. I said, I pray that you'll be bold like a lion. If you believe, shout a big amen. We need boldness. You know, one day I was casting out a demon right here in the chapel here. And there were a number of demons in the person. So I said to the demon, Go. So the person found out that they carried the person and brought the person. So I mentioned another demon, and then the person felt that they brought the person. Then when they brought the person the third time, and I mentioned that other demon I had mentioned um, the second time when the person fell down. Then the demon said, look at you. You are not even sure of yourself. The person you commanded, you are thinking he is still here. He is gone. I felt so useless and powerless in front of the demon because I had used the power but myself I didn't know that the power was even working and that is the way a lot of us are walking around we are afraid so doubtful we have lost any sense of boldness we are so timid we feel inferior we look down upon ourselves but I love Jesus Jesus was bold he was sitting down they told him Lazarus was sick. He said, this sickness is not unto death. I am sure probably even cross the leg. This sickness is not unto death. But for the glory of God. That the son of God might be glorified thereby. Then he says to the disciples, let us go into Judea again. The disciples said, ah, master, 
the Jews of Lestor sought to stone thee and goest thou Peter again. Jesus said that they're not 12 hours in the day. Jesus was so strong in boldness. I pray that somebody, you too, you'll be bold like that. I pray for somebody here that you'll be so bold. I said, I pray that you'll be so bold. Nothing will shake you. Nothing will put fear into you. If you believe, shout, I believe. Martha runs to him. Lord. Verse 21. Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. 23, Jesus said, thy brother shall rise again. Then he comes to the tomb, to the, to the grave, where the stone was. And he said, take it away the stone. If you are not bold, by the time they are taking away the stone, you may poo even into your, your boxer shorts or your panty. You may just poo When you hear that, by now, by this time, he stinketh. For he had been dead four days already. I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice. I pray that boldness will enter into your heart. That the things you fear, you will never fear them again. That the things that move you will never move you again. That the things that make you run away will never make you run away again. That the things you are, that intimidate you will never intimidate you again. That the problems that make you feel inferior, it will never make you feel inferior again. I pray for boldness. Let boldness be inside your heart today. In the mighty name of Jesus, receive another dose of boldness today. May you be filled with the Holy spirit in whom is the spirit of boldness if you believe shout a bigger amen clap your hands together for the lord if you are clapping now let me give you three areas where we ought to be bold number one number one in prayer to heaven in prayer in our attitude towards heaven mr jetty we are supposed to be bold jesus stood there in verse 41, 40, 41 thereabout, he stood there. He said, Father, I thank thee. Verse 41, there, there about going. He said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. He had not yet prayed, but he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Even before I pray, thank you that you have heard me. Then he continued and said, And I knew that thou hearest me always. Jesus was so confident about prayer to God. He was so confident, so audacious about his prayer to God. Many believers today, we shudder when it comes to prayer. We are not even sure that the prayers we have prayed, sometimes even in an all night, we are not sure that that prayer is going to work. So sometimes you can come and pray the whole night and go back home and say it looks like all the prayer we prayed and the anointing oil they poured on us it didn't do anything but here you see jesus bold father i thank thee that thou has heard me and i knew that thou hearest me always but because of the people we stand by i said it that they might believe that they might know that thou has sent me Jesus was so audacious. There was no doubt in his mind that the prayer he was about to pray, what he was about to command, would never come to pass. Jesus was so audacious in his prayer life. But many believers today, we don't believe in prayer. There are things we should be praying about. We want to go and meet the boss and discuss with the boss. 
There are things you should be praying about. You want to go and meet the landlord and discuss with the landlord. There are things you need to be praying about. You want to see the assemblyman and talk to the assemblyman. There are things you should be praying about. You want to go and see the MP and discuss with the MP. There are things you want to be you have to be praying about. You want to see the security man to lobby with the security man. As if when you pray, God will not hear your prayer. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Open it. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. It says, seeing then we have a great high priest, which is passed into the, into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God. He says, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in, was in all point tempted like as we are, and yet without sin. Then he says in verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So he says we have a high priest. He knows that sometimes when you pass by that Peteshiba, you are tempted to go and drink it. He knows you because he too was tempted like as you are. And that is why now he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. That when you start coming, start walking and coming and you say, oh, it looks like the alcohol I drank yesterday. I mean, he, 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 I didn't do well at all. As you, as you are walking and approaching God, Jesus is sitting by the right hand of God and saying to God the Father, overlook the alcoholism. Overlook the masturbation. Overlook the fornication. Overlook the stealing. Give this one mercy. Let us give him grace to rather help him to come out of the situation. So he says, Let's, let us therefore come boldly. Preaching. In the olden days, whenever you did something wrong, you came to see the high priest. And when you saw the high priest, you gave a goat or whatever to the high priest and you told the high priest he should go and pray for you. Now, if the high priest goes inside, you know, he can be very relaxed because he hasn't been through your problem before. He doesn't understand how you feel. So when he goes inside, he can just be casual about it. But he said, Jesus is not being casual at all at the right hand of God the Father where he is sitting. Because in every situation that tempts you, he was also tempted yet without sin. So he understands you. Never get to the place where you think that because of your sin, God will not hear you. If God will use sin, who will stand in the chapel here, including the pastor? So we must come boldly to God in prayer. When you go to God in prayer, when somebody is describing a problem to you and you tell the person, I will go and talk to my God. Tell the person, when I come back, I am coming back with the solution. Because you know when you go, you will obtain mercy, you will receive grace, find grace to help in that time of need. The day of playing with our prayers are over. The days of repeating one prayer topic on Monday, repeating it on Tuesday, repeating it on Wednesday, repeating it on Thursday, repeating it on Friday, as if God is deaf. Those days are over. I pray that someone will be bold in prayer. Receive the grace to be bold in prayer. I said, receive the grace to be bold in prayer. Receive the grace of God to be bold in prayer. That when you are talking to God, you'll be bold in your prayer. People, whether you clap your hands or not is immaterial. To the function of prayer you can even be lying that if only you are praying well your prayer it will work i'm preaching 
receive boldness in prayer in the name of Jesus. I pray for somebody here that next time there is a problem, a friend of you, a friend of yours is telling you, let us go and talk to the boss. You tell the person, I don't talk to human beings. I talk to my God. I don't talk to human beings. I talk to my God. I don't lobby around any MP. I don't lobby around any assemblyman. I talk to my God. I will talk to my God. Let my God do the fighting for me. This battle is taken over by the Lord. The Lord himself will fight this battle for me. I refuse to talk to a man. I refuse to beg a man. I will talk to my God and let my God fight on my behalf. Receive this grace for boldness in prayer. If you believe, shall I believe? Boldness. Boldness. Receive boldness in your spirit in the name of Jesus. Receive boldness in your spirit in the name of Jesus. Bold toward heaven. Joshua was bold to say, Son, stand still. Moon, stand still until we are finished fighting this battle. He was bold. May you be bold in also speaking. Elijah said unto Ahab, It shall not rain for three and a half years except at my word. And that was it. I pray that you be this bold. I pray that when you come out of a prayer meeting, you will be smiling. No matter what you see, contrary things you see, you will still be smiling. Receive the grace to be bold in your prayer life. Oh, receive the grace to be bold in your prayer life. As I receive the grace to be bold in your prayer life. If you believe, shout a bigger amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus again. Number two, we must be bold towards the affairs of the earth. We've got to be bold towards the affairs of the earth. I don't know what it is you look at yourself that you feel you cannot do. I don't know what it is that you feel that it is so strong in your family. Your family has been through so much. Your family has seen a lot of evil. There are curses in the family and you think you cannot be able to rise from there again. I came to tell somebody today, God can use you to break the status quo. God can use you to break the record. God can use you to open the door. God can use you to, to change the destiny of that family. Receive this grace from God in the name of Jesus. I see a destiny restorer here now. I said, I see a destiny restorer here now. I see a curse breaker here now. In the mighty name of Jesus. I see a people who can be able to do all things through the Jesus. Who strengthens them in the name of Jesus. Receive the grace of God to build a big business. Receive the grace of God to enjoy your marriage, to enjoy your family. Receive the grace of God to walk in your open doors. Receive the grace of God. Whatever they told you you couldn't do, receive the grace of God to be able to do. For the stone that the builders rejected, the same stone is become the chief of the corner. I came to tell somebody today, anybody that told you you can't go forward, anybody that told you that you can't make it, anybody that told you that you can't build a business, you can't build a house, you cannot rise. I believe that you are going to live longer and they will see the hand of God coming upon your life and the very thing they root you out of they will see God using you to do that thing receive the grace of God today in the mighty name of Jesus may you be bold everywhere you go in your school may you be bold in your office may you be bold in a church may you be bold in your taxi may you be bold in Uber may you be bold in your area may you be bold everywhere you go may you be bold if you believe shout yes Listen, take your seat. Push somebody, tell the person, my neighbor, you need boldness. You need boldness. I told the story at the last Holy Ghost Empowerment Service. One brother was supposed to go for an interview. The interview was supposed to start at 9 a.m. And when he went for the interview, he got there by 6.30. Because, of course, you have to be there early. 
Then 9 a.m. came, the interview didn't start. 10 a.m. came, the interview didn't start. 11 a.m., the interview didn't start. 12, the interview didn't start. Then 1, 1 1.30, then they called him. And when he went inside and he, he stood, they said, sit down. So he sat down. Then they said to him, welcome for this interview. And they said to him, describe yourself in one minute. And he said, says, with all due respect, you said the interview was going to start at 9 a.m. You have wasted about 4 hours, 30 minutes of my time. I thought you would have rather apologized to me first before proceeding with the interview. But here you are just asking me to describe myself in one minute. The boss who was doing the interview, he looked at the faces of the other people and said, this is the kind of guy we are looking for in the company. We are tired of all these fearful people, these guys who are so timid, they don't know what they are about. We are tired of all of them. Let us take this guy. This is the guy we are looking for. Just by one minute of boldness. I pray that you be bold in everything. I said, I pray that you be bold in everything. He said, with all due respect. So there was no disrespect. With all due respect. Some of us are so, are so timid, we can't say what is in our heads. Some of us are so timid, we can be hungry, food can be there, but we cannot ask that the food be given to us. Some of us are so timid, we can be looking for help, yet the help you are looking for is just there. If only we can open our mouth and speak the truth and say, I need this help, the help can come. I pray that the next time somebody sees you and asks you, can you repair this car? You are a fitter and you are just an apprentice and they look at you. You have learned a job for about three years and they ask you, can you repair this car? I pray that you not open your mouth and say, I am just completing my apprenticeship. This is the first time, so I'll talk to my boss. I pray that you will tell the person, I can repair it. I can repair it. I can build a house. I can buy the car. I can walk through the open door. I can get the scholarship. We see boldness in everything you do. We see boldness. We see boldness. We see boldness. We see the grace to be bold in everything you do. If you believe, shout a bigger amen. Boldness. Don't forget, boldness is not overconfidence. Confidence is pride. Boldness is, you know who you are. You know what you are about. You are calm, you are collected, and you never allow anybody to cheat you or to look down on you. You know the potentials you carry on the inside. I pray that you be bold in everything you do. I said, I pray that you be bold in everything you do. If you believe, shout a bigger amen. One day I met a doctor. He told me, you have this problem. My wife was there. I told him, I don't have any problem. And it has remained so. I will never have such a problem forever till life. Till life ends. I will never have such a problem. If you keep quiet, they will throw things on you. I used to have a teacher who would tell me, you are a useless boy, foolish boy, stupid boy, class prophet, wah, wah. we don't see any good thing coming out of you and saying all this manner of words. If I had heard this word I am saying now, I would have told a teacher or madam, with all due respect, it is a lie. I am not useless. I am useful. I will be useful to my generation. I'll be useful to my class. You are my teacher, but I will not allow you to cast insinuations and cast curses upon my life. I'm preaching. Boldness. Boldness. Receive boldness in your inner mind. Receive boldness in your spirit. Receive boldness in your inner man. Receive boldness in your spirit. It was such boldness that made Paul say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. If you believe your 
business can go to the world, it will go to the world. Stand by that belief. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep speaking it. Keep saying it. Keep speaking it. Joyce Mayer. Joyce Mayer. Popular Joyce Mayer that we know. Preaching. Saying from when she was young that she will be a worldwide minister. It didn't start until she was about 61. It didn't start until she was about 61. So keep saying what you believe. That house, you will build it. That business, you will build it. That marriage, you will marry and it to work. That child will do well in life. Keep saying it. Your life is not for sale. Be bold. Receive the grace to be bold in the name of Jesus. I said, receive the grace to be bold in all the affairs of life. I'm preaching. Wave somebody, tell the person you need boldness. Tell the person you need boldness. Oh, wave the person, tell the person, my neighbor, you need boldness. And finally, number three, the message they have not gotten anywhere. Number three, you need boldness towards hell. Everybody say after me, boldness towards hell. Say it after me again, boldness towards hell. I pray that the fear of demons be over in your life in the name of Jesus. Now listen. Listen. When Jesus came to the grave and said, Lazarus, come forth. With a cry, we cried with a loud voice saying, Lazarus, come forth. Understand what happened. At the time that Jesus came to walk the earth, the keys of hell and death, it was in the hands of the devil. It was the devil that held the keys of death and hell. That's why when the rich man met uh, um, Lazarus and Abraham, Abraham said to him, he said, there is a great gulf fixed between us so that they that will pass from thence to us cannot. Neither can they pass from this place towards where you are. So hell was at one place. Everybody who died went to hell. Only that those who were righteous, they, they were separated. They went to the coolest part. And then the ones who were wicked, they were in the hottest part. So the devil himself was the one who was holding the keys. So when Jesus came and he stood there and he said, Lazarus, come forth. It was the devil that heard the voice of Jesus. It was not, the, it was not Lazarus that heard the voice of Jesus. It was the devil that heard the voice of Jesus. Ran quickly to the room where he was keep, keeping the keys. Came to the prison door. Opened the door and told Lazarus, Lazarus, Master Jesus is calling you. I pray for somebody today that you'll be bold towards the devil. That every fear of the devil will live your life in the name of Jesus. May you not be afraid of witches. May you not be afraid of wizards. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and upon scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. I come to declare to somebody today, you will speak to demons uh, and the demons will flee. They will run away in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for somebody today the next time you go to your village may the juju men in the family run away. May the witches run away to the bush. Uh, may the witches run to the farm uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Any demon that fought your father, that fought your mother, that fought your uncle, that fought your auntie, seeking to fight you also. I see you speaking to them, overcoming them, subduing them under your feet. Receive the grace of God to be tenacious in the presence of demons. If you believe, shout yes. Come on, shout yes. Go to three people and tell them, fear no devil, fear no devil, fear no devil, fear no devil. Fear no devil. 
fear no devil. One day a man was going to preach at a program and he got to a filling station and a man came out of his car and when the man came out of his car they had tattooed on his body they had tattooed on his body born to raise hell r-a-i-s-e born to raise hell up the pastor shouted at the filling station if he has been born to raise hell, we have been born to R-A-Z-E hell. We have been born to throw hell away, to scatter hell, to destroy hell, to destroy the weapons of hell. We have been born to raise hell also. He shouted it at the filling station that we have also been born to raise hell. Because of you in the family, no demon can operate there again. Because of you in the family, that sickness behind that, that demon behind that sickness will never be in the family again. If you believe, shout yes. Come on, shout yes. When somebody tell the person, I am going to raise hell. R-A-Z-E. I am going to what? Raise hell. That word raise, it means to throw down, to scatter, to pull in pieces, to destroy in pieces. That is what you are going to do to the kingdoms of the devil. Listen, today when you walk out of this place, be beaming with confidence, knowing that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He that rises up against you, they shall scatter because of you. In the mighty name of Jesus, every tongue rising up against you in judgment, I declare it shall be condemned. I pray that somebody in the face of opposition, you will not be afraid. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil i will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me i declare to somebody today receive boldness in your spirit you will never be afraid of the devil again you will never be afraid of demons again i pray that you will never be afraid of darkness again who are translated us from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son i declare to somebody today receive the grace of god to throw down hell to destroy hell to pull down hell if you see hell rising up against your child i see you going laying your hands on that child and commanding the devil to leave that child to leave your husband to leave your wife receive boldness boldness towards hell receive 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 boldness towards hell if you believe sorry yes Born to raise hell. Born to raise it. Born to what? Raise hell. What do you do? You scatter it. You throw it down. If you meet the works on the way, you climb out of the way. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain. Any mountain standing in front of you that has been stopping the family for a very long time, I see you climb out of the way. I said, I see you climb out of the way. If you believe, shout yes. Receive this grace from God today in the name of Jesus. Boldness. 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 Receive it today now. I realize that, look, some of the things I am doing, if I were to be afraid, I wouldn't move forward. I would have just been at one place. If I were to be afraid, if I had just listened to fear even one minute, I would just be at one place. You need boldness. Boldness towards heaven. Boldness towards the things of the earth. Boldness towards the kingdom of darkness. Boldness. Is somebody in the church at all? Boldness. One day I had a dream. In this vision, let me close with this one. In this vision, I saw myself driving a car. So I came to park the car. And when I picked, I parked the car and I took the car key out. I saw a macho man standing by the car and he did this. 
So I gave the key to him. Then he, he left. And I was shouting. I said, ah, why are you taking the key away? When I woke up, I was sick. I was sick. I wasn't well. I said, what have I done? So as I was taking drugs and whatever, listen, God was speaking to me. Spiritual warfare. So I started doing spiritual warfare for a few days. A few days time, I saw myself again. I was now better. I saw myself in another vision. In this vision, I was driving a brand new car. That's my body. Brand new car. Then I saw the same macho man. Now I saw him in his glory. With his rasta and wickedness, he appeared. And he was coming after the car. I moved the car and I started insulting him. I started insulting him. The way I insulted the man, I've never insulted anybody like that in my life. I insulted him in the dream until I woke up with my hand like this. We see boldness, boldness. Any demon coming after your body to put sickness inside your body, reject the disease, reject the sickness, reject the evil. Anything the devil is trying to do in your house, reject it, let it leave your house. Somebody shout yes.